All right, Action Fanatics, uh, welcome back. June 16th, 2021. Uh, Todd Kirk here with you. Um, glad to be presented by Wild Rose Casino up in Jefferson. And of course, they're two great partners. Um, what started out as DraftKings Sportsbook and uh, has also now feathered into Bet Rivers. Um, Bet Rivers has done some pretty cool contests. Um, I'll talk to my guest. I don't know if he's been a part of ever been a part of that, but um, I've been absolutely terrible in the hockey contest, which I do not know pucks at all. And uh, I, 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 uh, I took all my money on the Toronto Maple folds and uh, three games in a row, they lost to the Habs. And I was the first one out of that contest. And I did okay in the, NCAA tournament, but ended up uh, not winning the trophy there. But so today, here's the goal. Um, I've got the best golf person in terms of gambling that I know in Mr. Dave Essler. He's been on our show before. Dave and I have broken down the last two Masters. Didn't do the PGA Championship, but we're going to do the U.S. Open and British Open. Um, so we're just lucky to have Dave uh, and his insights here. Uh, I know we're taping this on a Wednesday. We'll get it out for you uh, tonight so you can have uh, a nice preview coming into uh, the tournament. But we'll also probably talk about some bets. I know there's a couple that I like that are kind of mid-tournament that'll help you that way as your quote-unquote live betting golf. But uh, Dave is a regular on, um, um, let's see, straight out of Vegas with RJ Bell, RJ's Dream Podcast as well as the betting predators with uh, Sleepy Jay and McKenzie. So, uh, Dave, welcome back. Awesome to have you, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, you know, I, I've, um, I think I'm fairly prepared for this, but, you know, I was fairly prepared last week, and I had uh, Doc Redmond first round leader at 66-1, to 1, and Wes Roach, the 426th ranked golfer in the world, Scott. <laughs> you know, last, last guy off the course shoots minus seven and – and, and I think, you know, I didn't really mind. It's kind of like that happens, but I think that he shot a nine over the Friday. So it's like, come on, man. You know, you know, so, and, you know it's, it happens. Yeah. And, and, and I think it speaks to me, like from that perspective, for me, picking first round is incredibly hard, especially in a, you know, a day-to-day -day tournament as I would call it. But I'll tell you what the U S open even harder and Tor Tory Pines is, is, really kind of an unknown for us, right? They, I mean, they've played, uh, you know, you and I were talking ahead of time. They've only played there once tiger one on one leg and, uh, held off, uh, Rocco mediate when one of the probably top five U S opens in history, but now they're coming back to, of course, they've done some work on it. Uh, obviously tiger's not in the field. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, we know because they play a yearly tournament there in the farmers. Um, but I, I'm really curious to see how much of that goes into play in your handicapping coming into this tournament being an open. Well, uh, pretty much none full disclosure. Good. Um, you know, it's a different course, you know, they set us opens with five or six inch roughs and, you know, penalties for minor mistakes can be pretty major. So, you know, I, I got to look at it as a U.S. Open type course, you know, whether they play in Shinnecock or Torrey Pines. 
And I would look for guys that keep the ball in the fairway. And I would look for guys that are strong, that can hit it out of the rough, like, you know, Bryson did a couple of years ago. And, you know, that's really all you can do. You, you know, you can, you can almost have TMI if you try to go back to the farmers or I can, I mean, you know, I say that and who's ever finished T10 at the farmers the last three years will probably win, but that's not the way I looked at it. Yeah. There are some, there are some interesting trends in um, a couple of players that, I don't think Stallings, Stallings not even in the field, but Jason Day, he's won there twice in the last uh, six years. Patrick Reed being the most recent. Uh, Rahm has had a nice run there. He won in 17, finished second in 20. Um, Ryan Palmer has finished second there twice in the last three years. I put a little, uh, I put a little action on that. So I, I kind of did a little bit more maybe in the last four or five years, um, you know, just to kind of see if there was somebody, you know, I always like to say the horses for the courses, um, you know, to see if there was something there. So there are some names that to me kind of stood out. Um, but before we get into, uh, just kind of where we're looking and, and what we look at, um, just quickly, I mean, I know you and I've talked about this before, but for others uh, that may be listening for the first time coming into a U.S. Open, how do you approach a major? And is it any different than, you know, uh, a week-to-week tournament like uh, like a Houston Open? Well, I, I have to look at a major. You know, I would actually put more emphasis in the early rounds on lesser guys uh, because you know what happens come Sunday afternoon. You know, I mean, there's – been a few guys that have won their first tournament was a major, you know, um, um, what's his name? Did it there at the, at the masters, um, four or five years ago. And his name escapes me. uh, I think I lost you, Todd. Did I lose you? Am I back? Yeah. I'm back. Um, all right. Um, I don't know where I left off. To be honest, no, you were talking about uh, first-time Masters winner um, and and uh, the Euro dude, Willett. Yeah, uh, yeah, Danny Willett did it. Yep. Um, I think uh, Schwartzel did it in Augusta. Um, so it's not setting a precedent, but I have to I have to say that I, I wouldn't look to bet on that happening again. You know, I would uh, you know it'd be cool if it did if it was the right guy. But for betting purposes, I I kind of look at those. Um, you know, middle tier players early and I don't go uh, too long on the two win bets. Yep. I don't either. I'm not a big to win. I think that's, that's kind of a NASCAR play. We have a really good NASCAR audience. Um, You know, I'm more, I'm more looking at top three, top 10, top 20, top 30. I won't go to, I won't go a lot of times super deep top 40, but there's so many players in this event. Like the one thing to point out to normal uh, betters out there looking to have some action on father's day. Cause you know, you're going to be at home watching TV because it's your day. You know, there's 9,000 people that try to play their way into this tournament. I think there's like 30 or 40 spots that, you know, you or I, Dave, we, if we wanted to, we could find a qualifier and try to play our way in. So it's a big, big, big field. And you could almost take the bottom 40 or 50 and just rule them out. Um, <clears throat> coming into a tournament like the U S open, it's not like the masters where it's a very limited field. And I got to bring this up and then we'll get into our picks. Obviously we saw Phil Mickelson come out of nowhere, win a PGA championship. 
Um, this is his, technically it's his home course. Loves Torrey Pines. He's played that well there in the past. Um, I think a lot of obviously I think I believe, and maybe you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. I think his his numbers aren't where you'd want to get him had he not done what he did at the PGA. But um, let's just quickly talk about Phil because it's such a great story. Yeah, you could have had him 250 to one, um, not too terribly long ago. And, you know, I was doing a podcast last night and I told somebody this week, cause we, we touched on this and, you know, would I bet him to win? You know, no, it, it's my heart and my head, you know, my heart yes. would think, you know, my heart would think that's really cool. My head would look at it like any other tournament to where, you know, Phil's 50, 51, whatever. And he's, you know, he's in good shape, but, He's also got to go, you know, four rounds plus against guys less than half his age in better shape. So I've always thought, you know, that was probably a bad bet. However, you know, you know, putting 10 bucks on him to win uh, only because you don't want to be that guy that didn't take him. <laughs> I love it. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I'm not even sure I would cash that ticket. I'd probably just take a screenshot and pin it to my Twitter feed. Like, yeah, I had that. I, I, instead of, instead of whiting out the ticket number, I think I white out the 10 bucks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, listen, this is, this is, <clears throat> this is the brass ring for him right now. Obviously a U.S. open. He's uh, he needs it for the career grand slam. Um, it's at his home course. I mean, this story to me, right. This is the story for Phil to win a major would have been this tournament, not the PGA heading into it. Um, for me, I just don't think, you know, I, like you said, I think it's, a, I think it's a sentimental bet. If you're a Phil fan, throw something on it. it, it it's you, you lost, you lost the ability to get value on him. Um, once he started playing well in the PGA tournament, that's for sure. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's dive in because you liked, I mean, I, I know I'm not, you're, you're good at this first round stuff. So I want to touch on two things first, and then we'll get into kind of where we feel um, maybe are some bets on the board. Cause there's so many ways to bet this. If, if you go to either the bet rivers app or the DraftKings app, you'll see, I mean, six days to Sunday, you could, you could bet on this thing. I mean, it has, win lines, top 20, top 30, top 40. Then you could do groups. Then you could do golfer props. Then you could do make the cut. Then you could do nationality props. I mean, you could get dizzy in doing this. I try to simplify it. I, I maybe try to find a couple of fun bets. And then I really look to pick some top tens, top twenties um, in there, but <clears throat> I'll give my kind of, um, my brief synopsis on who I think really has a really good shot here to win Dave. And I'd love to hear yours as well, but um, you know, I'm look, I'm not looking at Dustin Johnson. I think he's uh, the number one. I was watching a little bit of golf channel. The number one player has um, really struggled to win this tournament. However, um, Dustin's been in this position. This will be the fourth time he's come into this tournament as the number one player. He wasn't when he won it. Um, he has finished top 10 every time except for once and, um, is the only player out of the last seven coming in with this that has not made the cut. So I think a really good bet for Dustin, uh, maybe not to win, uh, but to finish in the top 10, even though you're not going to get the best of odds, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at a guy like 
like Tony Finau. Um, who's the other one I really like? And then I know it's kind of a another hometown story, but it, you know, is this Xander Shoffley's time? He's so high up there. I think everybody's kind of looking at him uh, plus 1400 to win, but I would look at, you know, if I were going to pick someone to win, I would look at those two guys. Um, you know, no denying it. I went through my card um, on a, on a podcast the other day and you know, you're right. It's just a crapshoot. And, and I'm like you, I kind of spread it around top 10, 20, 30. I think there's more value there. And the other thing is you're in the game, you know, you're not shut out on Thursday and like, exactly. Wallet, you know, but you know, when you mentioned Fino, um, interesting thing there is, uh, yesterday he actually moved to have shorter odds than Justin Thomas. So, you know, probably not alone there, but when I went through my card, I think what was interesting was guys I did not use anywhere. And, and I, I say that yet, I mean, I, I may not be done, but I didn't use Ron Bryson, Thomas Spath, DJ Rory Fowler, uh, Paul Casey, Hovland, Neiman, Finau. I mean, those are guys I didn't use. Wow. Uh, you know, wow. I mean, you know, um, in anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, because you have, like Hobland. I know you I, and I, I, I have Hobland. I like him too. Yeah, I do too. I mean, and it's, it's not like any of those guys can't win or top right. 10, but you know, uh, I had to kind of spread the risk around. Um, I did take Kepka. Okay. But, um, you know, you look at his shots gained in, in most categories, he's in the top 20. He doesn't have any weaknesses. Uh, he was second at the U.S. Open. He's the fifth favorite, which is kind of shocking. So at yep. like 19 to one, I, I, I bet him. I think I kind of had to. Uh, I took Webb Simpson. I always like Webb. He, you know, look at look at his numbers. He's made the cut in his last four majors, two top tens. He's 13th in greens and regulation. That's a big one for me. I never shy away from good putters. He's 13th in shots gained putting. I'm seventh in driving accuracy, fourth in scoring average, fifth in sand saves. Um, he's won the U.S. Open before. So at like 25 to one for the eighth ranked golfer in the world, you know, how can you not? Um, another guy I took is Colin Marikawa. And, you know, Interesting. That, yeah, I mean, it's 25 to one. And it was 20 to one. So uh, I may be in the minority, but, you know, again, he's the fourth ranked golfer in the world. He's got four PGA wins. He's already won a major. So, you know, the Sunday afternoon thing, I don't think it'll be like a huge deal. And I, I think I wonder why his numbers are going up. Cause if you look at his, you know, stats and history and whatnot, they probably shouldn't be, but I think that might be a case of recency bias. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, people saw him kind of, kind of choke, if you will, and losing to Cantlay in that playoff. Um, and maybe they just say, well, he's, you know, his, his weakness is obviously putting um, is, was, and probably always will be. Uh, and now, well, that's a fact. He grew up in SoCal. I think he was born in LA, he played golf at Stanford. So I guess if there are greens, he should know well enough. This is maybe where they are. So, you know, for that kind of talent at 25 to one, um, I had to do that as well. Yeah, I like that. The only reason I bypassed him, you know me, I love Webb Simpson. I've got him definitely in the top 10. Um, the only reason I didn't go Morikawa, um, and, and it could just be fool's gold for me, is just his form. Um, he's so, he was so good. He was so good uh, last year. I just, yeah, he just, yeah. I don't, I don't know. There's something there. It, and as we kind of dig in, we'll get into our cards too. Um, I'm looking at a couple of people that are way down. And this is a person that I was on earlier and I thought was a, uh, one of my best play during the last masters is uh Christian Boozenhoot. Yeah. 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 Love him at plus plus one twenty five to win it. But 
uh, also plus 900 for a top 10. Um, this kid can play. This kid can golf. He has performed well in the majors. Um, and he is way down there. So I would, uh, I would implore people to take a look at that booze and hoot. And then, um, I'm going to ask you this because I haven't put anything down. There's two golfers. Um, they're not too far down, but, but they're down there a little bit. Um, what are, are we sleeping on Hideki? And, uh, I kind of like, I kind of like the Salatoris kid too. They're both right there in the same range. Yeah. You know, I looked at Salatoris and I didn't use him. I actually faded him in a head to head I made, but interesting. You know, there's no, I like his you know, putting. That's why. Yeah, I mean, uh, granted, I mean, I could have put him on that list of guys. I didn't. Um, yeah. Yet, but you know, I, I just wonder if, um, you know, he went through that stretch where he was uh, winning or top five, like for a month. And so he's obviously got the talent, but I just wonder if he hasn't regressed to the mean a little bit. I mean, I love gotcha. his, I love his demeanor. Don't get me wrong. I would never, I would never tell somebody they're wasting their money betting on Zelatoris at all. Um, and, and, you know, again, I had to draw the line somewhere, um, but for value, absolutely. Because you're going to get Zelatoris now um, at a number that is far better than you might have say a month ago uh, when he was at the tail end of his, or two months ago at the tail end of his, his, Oh my God streak. And Hideki, you know, I take him every once in a while. And yes, he's another guy that um, has the game to win, but it's a mental thing for me in that every time I have taken him, um, he's either missed the cut or um, had a couple of good rounds and I actually had hope, but it turned out to be false hope because then he would shoot that 78. So, you know, for me, it's a, it's a mental thing, but you know, Hideki's another one I could have put on that list of guys I didn't bet that I might think rethink about very easily. Yep. No. Um, I just, you know, I mean, the guy really breaks out. He is that putt. Like if he's putting well, he's almost one of those guys, Dave, like I want to watch him the first day. And if I feel like he's got a good beat on the greens, um, look out because he is, he's kind of like you talked about that accurate guy. You need that in the open. If they're going to grow this rough up, I have not heard how they're setting up the course rough wise. I know last time, uh, it wasn't too awful. Um, you know, tiger hit some amazing shots, but that's tiger woods. Um, all right. One last guy. Um, and I just, I think people should follow him more often. I've really kind of, taken a fondness to this player. He is way down on the list. He has not necessarily performed all that well in the majors. Uh, played in this tournament last year, finished tops above the top 60, um, has missed his last cut. So it's not like he's in great form. But I really like this Sebastian Munoz. Um, he's great with the fans. I, I, I kind of see this guy as maybe – coming up as like the next kind of Phil Mickelson people's champ kind of guy. Um, so I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on him uh, for a top 10 at plus 2000, just because 
I like him. I'm just throwing that out there. He is way down there. He's like right there in the Zach Johnson range, which is not saying much for Sebastian. But um, yeah, I'm 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 just gonna throw a little on that that real long shot. And I think again, I'm as far as Hideki's concerned, I'm gonna see how he's rolling it that on day one because I think that makes a good big difference. Uh, all right, Dave, let's let's jump into it. I'd love to hear kind of. Maybe your best bets. I know we've talked about some of them um, and, and what you're honing in on during this tournament. Maybe that, that may be different than a normal week. Um, you know, it's not. I mean, I, I'm like you. I try to I try to look for more. Um, I'll probably put more um, units, if you will, on some of these top 10, 20, 30, 40 guys. Um, and maybe the first-round leaders, you know, I like those. Um, my first-round leaders, I really like. I like Cockrack, first-round leader. Yeah, you like Jason. You've been a fan um, of his. Yeah, I mean, he's another really good putter. And, you know, I look at his first rounds and at the at the Schwab he he he, he won, he started with a 65. He had a 67 at the Valspar first round, 65 in New Orleans first round. If you want to go all the way back to Hawaii at the Sony Open, he shot a 62. So, you know, he, Yo. he, he you know, he tends to play well early. Abraham answer. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at his last nine stroke play events, he's finished no worse than 26th, which was actually at Augusta. Um, you know, he shot back to back 67s at the Charles Schwab. That was his last. So, you know, he's in pretty good form, made the cut at the last four majors with the top 10. So, you know, I do worry that he hasn't won on tour. Uh, so Sunday could be a challenge. So I think I like him. Um, you know, I probably might put him uh, plus 140, top 20 as well. Got him. Um, you know, uh, my man, Garrick Higo. You know, I, yes. him, you know, I mean, my man, I, I had him in his first PGA event to make the cut and everybody said who, um, and then much to my chagrin, I bet him to make the cut again last week instead of, you know, betting him to win. Um, but at 66 to one, I can't not. Um, and that is strictly because if, if this were six months from now and his expectations were higher, I, I would think he might not be able to handle them or maybe less capable. But right now he's still like on cloud nine. He doesn't have any expectations. You know, he, he can just go out there and whack the ball. And, you know, if he shoots an 80, everybody goes, oh, well, that's what he's supposed to. So, you know, I don't I, I think he can 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 get off well. And, you know, Harmon, Brian Harmon, I always play him for us around later, 80 to one. I can't not. You know, he was T2 in a U.S. Open, um, but he typically starts really well. Um, so I am going to take him as first round leader. I'll probably take him plus 150, top 30, and, you know, pizza bet minus 200 to make the cut. So those are my sort of first round leaders. Um, you know, you want me to get into the top 10, 20, 30 guys? Yeah, I love the, dog, the dogs barking too. So let me. No, you're fine. Even if I'm used to it, the dogs are barking. That's a good thing. Uh, yeah. And if you look at it too, um, you know, you've got a, you've got a pretty good track record of South Africans at the U S open and yeah. in, in Ernie Els and Retief Goosen. Um, that's why I was looking at Christian Boosenhoop, but, um, the only reason I bypassed Higo was like you said, I like that first round play. I think that's to me, that's a really good thought process, um, overall to win it. It's really hard to go back to back, but you know, he came out of nowhere to win it last week. Um, so I like it. I like on that. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at top twenties too, from my perspective, there's a couple of people that we haven't talked about that I'll throw in here. Um, I talked, we talked about Webb. I got him top twenties plus plus one eighty eight. 
I'm going to put Justin Rose in there just because Justin is one on this course as well. And that's plus 200. Um, talk to me about uh, Stewie Sink because I like him this week kind of across the board as a top 20 is plus 400, Dave. And he's had one hell of a year and, uh, you know, playing his form is good. He's just one of those guys that, that is playing well. That seems to maybe make sense in a U.S. Open for me since he's kind of, you know, he's that guy who's even keeled. He's won a British Open, obviously played in probably, as far as I'm concerned, one of the most pressure-packed final few holes with a guy like Tom Watson, you know, coming down the stretch and just to kind of play second fiddle and come in and win and do his thing. Um, I kind of like him. Top 20 seems seems profitable for me at plus 400. Yeah, he's got the game for that. You know, you're right. You're spot on there. You know, if you 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 look what he did at Harbortown when he won that tournament. And, you know, Harbortown is not a U.S. Open, but there are some similarities to where it is um, all about keeping the ball in the fairway at yep. Harbortown. Yep. And, and the greens are very small. So it's all about hitting greens. Uh, and, and it's all about putting. You know, those are tough greens to putt. So... You know, yes, he's, you're 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 spot on. I mean, I you know, if he can if he can keep the ball in the short grass and keep hitting greens, he's got the game to do it. So yeah, I I like that. But um, as to your Justin Rose, it's funny. Um, he's another guy that always kind of kind of hurts me. And we talked earlier about head to heads, and I actually bet Mickelson even money over Justin Rose. Ooh. You know, there was my there was my. Um, I got to use Phil somewhere, but, um, and, and I actually faded Zelatoris. I think I took answer over Zelatoris and a couple other guys we haven't talked about. I took uh, Fleetwood over Leishman and Leishman, he could win. I mean, he guy. could, absolutely. But, but, but I like Tommy Fleetwood this week. So I know I had to put him somewhere. Uh, so that's so far what I've done. I also, I took Lee Westwood to make the, to make the cut only at, at minus 125, you know, that's a guy that played in so many majors. He's made the cut in five straight U.S. Opens. They actually finished T13 last year. And, you know, it, it, he just married his girlfriend, who's also his caddy in Las Vegas this week. So, you know, I can imagine he's playing pretty damn loose. Like, I mean, if there's a guy that doesn't care right now, it's yes. Westwood. And, you know, you got to go into a tournament like that. Um, and he certainly has the, the you know, the, the mindset experience. So, uh, you know, at just minus 125 to make the cut, I had to. Uh, see, listen, where are you going to get that kind of analysis, Fanatics? That's phenomenal analysis. And what a great call on that stat that he is, he is uh, finished, what, top top 20 last year and made five cuts in a row in the U.S. Open. Lee Westwood, obviously, you know, one of the most popular golfers back in the day, flying under the radar. What a, uh, I love that kind of a pick, Dave. I'm I'm totally on that. I may have to switch off my Max Homa top 10 to put that one in. Um, all right. So, so far, first rounders, Kokrak, Higo. Um, what else do you like kind of as you get into top 10, top 20s? Yeah, you know, I, I play a few top 10s, and I'm going to give you one, but I, I don't play a lot of them because um, so many times I'll have a guy that's, you know, T9 um, finished. And, you know, somebody that's just coming in later uh, will will birdie the last hole to, to make him T11. And it's like, God, you know, um, so I tend to lead the top 20s more. Um, but but to your point about Shoffley, uh, you know, I love good putters and guys that don't miss greens. And, 
he's ninth in shots game, putting 11th greens of regulation. And you know what? He's finished no worse than sixth in like four U.S. Opens, I believe. So I think he's 15 to one to win. I'm not sure how much real value there is there for that. Uh, I'll wait and see if I can get better odds after the first or second round. But I don't know how I don't bet him at least plus 160 top 10. So there's one I kind of did break my rule. Um, Scotty Scheffler, you know, yep. the, you know uh, the obvious knock here is that he doesn't have a tour win yet. So, you know, taking him to win and asking for that first PGA win, you know, he's not Danny Will and it could happen. But, you know, interestingly enough, um, but, he's playing well here yeah, though he, right he, yeah he you know he has and and interestingly enough the last guy to win his first uh, uh tournament as a major uh was at the u.s open graham mcdowell did it interestingly enough it was at pebble beach so you never know but Scheffler, by not having won, he's the 17th ranked golfer in the world. He's a great driver of the ball. He doesn't do anything exceptionally well but he doesn't have any huge holes so minus 120 top 30 um, another guy that, you know, is kind of in that Will Zalatoris zone to where everybody knew who he was and now nobody knows who he is. Corey Connors, um, you know, 50 to one to win. Um, he already has a tour win, um, no less than seven top tens this year. Um, with that said, he's seventh in shots gained off the tee and above average putter. You know, I, I love guys that, that just don't make huge mistakes. Um, he's eighth in greens and regulations. So the downside here. He's missed the cut in his last three U.S. Opens. And, you know, the upside is he was a T10 at the Masters and T17 at the PGA. So with that said, I can't go the full Monty, but plus 140 for a top 30. Uh, I think I can get behind that. And a couple more guys real quick. Matthew, Matthew Fitzpatrick, you know, the obvious knock on him. He hasn't won on tour, but he keeps the ball in the fairway. Four, 14th in shots game total. His, his Achilles is approach shots. Um, which could be really costly in an open because, you know, the, the sizable, oh, yeah. sizable penalties for a, a three-foot miss, uh, which is a minor miss, but that could that could turn a par into a double really easily. But, you know, I think 50-1 to one to win is about right, but I don't think he's a horse for the course. But, again, 21st-ranked golfer in the world. i got to find room for him somewhere. Um, he had a great week last week. Uh, we did cast a top-10 ticket with him. Um, how much energy does that drain and how much practice time does it take away? I don't know, but even money at top 30, I had to do that. Another guy you mentioned that I had to do something with is Patrick Reed, you know, exactly. Uh, we haven't talked you know, about him cause he's, he won here. He's, I mean, he's the reigning champion in the farmers. He, he's obviously a major winner. I don't know why I, I miss on this guy. What do you, what do you, what are you? I'd love to hear your thoughts on him in this world, in this U S open. Well, I mean, here's a guy that's missed just two cuts in a major, uh, and the U.S. Open isn't one of them. In fact, his lowest major finish was uh, at the – his worst major finish, if you will, was a T32 at the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. He was fourth here in 2018. Uh, he was, I believe, uh, T13 once. You know, he's arguably the best putter on tour, and, you know, that tells me i got to use him somewhere. And that 25-1 to 1, uh, to win has some merit. Um, I like 33 to one first round leader better. Uh, you know, maybe if he's a few shots off a better win price later, sort of live bet, if you will. But I don't know how you don't bet him top 20 at even money. Yeah, let's see. I'm pulling him up plus 200 for a top 10. And I don't have him in, yeah, even money for a top 20. You nailed it. That's what DraftKings has too. Um. Yeah, an answer for top twenty is plus one thirty eight. 
Uh, I'm really zeroing in on him now after talking to you. All right. That's, you can't get this, Dave. That's why I love you and I appreciate you. So here's what I'm looking at, just, just so people know. Um, I'm, I'm really now looking at this Patrick Reed top 20. I like that even money bet. Um, but here's what I have. I, I love Stuart Sink at plus 400, top 20. Um, I did Webb Simpson at plus 188, top 20. I think, to me, that's – that's like stealing money. I don't know why even top 10 at plus 400. I've got web. So I'm pretty heavy on web. Um, but I also have Ryan Palmer and Stuart sink as, as top 30. So Stuart, you can get a plus 225. Ryan, you can get it plus 275. And then I've got Justin Rose. I put him in there um, plus 200, but I, I've got Xander Shoffley uh, to win as well. And I'm really going to have to look at Patrick Reed um, and Boozen. Where's my Boozen hoot? Yeah, I like, I, I, I like that bet, Todd. Where did I put him? Uh, da, da, da. I think I have him in a top 20 as well. I just can't find it here. Here's another interesting one that I don't know why this sung to me. Um, but you can get this is our Victor Hovland love. You could get him top four European players at plus 200. I like that bet. Um, and I don't think, Dave, and I know this is a stupid one, but this was a this was just a, a small bet. I don't see the winner this year playing in the last group. I kind of feel like this course is going to be that come from behind. And I saw a great statistic um, about John Roth because we haven't talked about him a lot lately. And – uh, or on this pod, but I think I want people to watch this. If he is in the lead uh, coming into the final round, bet against him. He has performed terribly um, playing with uh, playing with the lead in majors. However, if he's kind of from behind, uh, maybe in that second, third group, like he's up there, I like him as a good fourth round bet because he's played incredibly well. I think it's almost a three shot difference in the majors, whether he's in the lead or playing from behind. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a good way for me to look at Rom in this tournament, so to speak. I know a lot of people are talking about him uh, as their favorite, but I just don't see it, but I, I really like that stat, the way he plays in the final round in a major. Um, no, no disagreement from here. That's solid work. I, I did not know that. So thanks for sharing that, Todd. Um, yeah, I, I just, know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know, another quick little quick story. You know, listeners might kind of uh, too real quick. Um, they uh, PGA apparently asked Brooks and Bryson if they would play together. And, away. Yeah, and Bryson, Bryson declined. Um, wow. So I, I didn't hear any. I didn't hear any. Uh, noise from Kepka's camp, but I can only assume because I didn't hear any noise that he would have said, sure, I'll do it. Um, I would pay to watch that, um, you know, right now. And, uh, you know, I, I, I totally would. And, and, you know, I was looking at the, uh, you know, the winner of this tournament gets 2.25 million bucks. I mean, you know, put this in perspective, Nicholas won four us opens total rake, 132,000. <laughs> You know, so so whoever wins this is going to get 17 times what Jack won in his total U.S. Open wins. 
Amazing. You know, now, now, granted, uh, the residual that Nicholas has gotten from endorsements and the course designs is probably much more than that. But, you know, it, it just goes to show you that, you know, the pressure of winning a U.S. Open now is, well, what, 17 times worse than it used to be. Such a great perspective. It really is. I mean, obviously, uh, um, Tiger changed this game and, and probably – as the players look at it, you hear all these kids talk about Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. You know, they had a piece on Xander. He was there when Tiger won, and he changed it financially, I think, probably more than anything, Dave. Uh, a lot of ways he's changed it, but financially, that's a that's a great piece to do it. The last thing I'll drop into for, for, for the fanatics out there is um, the U.S. Open is a grind, and – Though I, I will be spending some time on Twitter and on the Cyclone Fanatic board during the tournament, just because you may see those guys that aren't there, aren't at the top, you know, day one. And that doesn't mean a whole lot in this tournament. If they're there, they're steady, you know, they played well. It wasn't like they yo-yoed the round. They just didn't quite get the putter going, but you know, they're good those are the people to look out for that. You may be able to get some good odds after the first and second day. Um, because this is the, in my estimation, it's the hardest major to win. Um, it is, uh, uh, it's a four day slog and I'm going to be really curious to see where the scores come in at because they will adjust, uh, the, the, the USGA will adjust this course based on what people are doing to it on Thursday and Friday. It's, it's happened before. It's going to happen again as best they can. They'll dry out green, whatever it takes to make this thing a, a super hard test. So go to the edge. So um, I think there's a lot of value and I, I implore everybody to follow Dave. It's at Dave underscore Essler on Twitter. Uh, Dave's really good there. He's done other podcasts for betting predators. I don't know. Were you on RJ's too for golf? Did they do anything? Um, no, not this week. Um, he tends to shy away from those things yep. until, you know, I mean, he's, he's more into football, if you will, or NBA. So no. Got it. No, you, Dave, I love having you. I thank you so much for, for doing this. This is, uh, I think between what you and I look at, we, we really compliment each other well. And, um, I'm going to go back and make sure I still got to start kind of tracking what we do. Like, uh, you know, maybe we're, uh, major savants i haven't even gone back to think about how we've done in our first two masters pods but um i'll go back and look and, and post kind of what dave and i are thinking but uh dave again great to have you uh we will uh definitely talk coming in next month we'll definitely talk coming into the british open um but look forward to really talk collaborating a lot more too when football starts and um i can't wait man this football season is going to be great having fans back it's a whole different perspective yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, thank you for asking me to do it. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. You know, you're, you know, I learned stuff from you, Todd. So, you know, uh, I mean, like, seriously, you think, you know, a little differently than I do. So yep. yeah, it's always good to get uh, other people's perspective as well. And to your point about how we did, I don't remember. I try to think about it in terms of if somebody bet all of our plays, did we bankrupt them or did we at least let them maintain and have a little fun? I you think, know, I, mean, I think it's more the latter. I do too. I do too. I know we haven't bankrupted him. I know well, we've had I, some. Hey, hey, look, dude, if we, if we bankrupted somebody, I might've, I might've declined your offer. <laughs> no, 
I think I think we've had some uh, we've had some really good nuggets because I know the the last two masters I've won money and really that's based on all you and I talk about. So um, so far so good. I'm really looking forward to U.S. Open. I for some reason I think we're on point. I know it's it's, it's likely that someone's going to come out of nowhere, but that's more likely in other majors I think than the U.S. Open. So I think dialing in and I love that DJ stat. Number one players don't win it, but they do finish in the top 10 um, in that John Rahm final round. I think, you know, there's just good data and I'll be able to, I'll be sure to share it and follow Dave on Twitter too. So Dave, thanks again, much appreciated. And uh, we'll definitely have you back on soon. Cool. Love it.